0: Welcome back to the Good Treason podcast. On this episode, Robin updates us on his love life, and we dive further into his experiences fighting in Syria. So strap in and hang with us for this episode of Good Treason: Life and Stories from Syria. Hola, senor. Cómo te va la vida, dude? Well, yeah. So we missed last week. You were uh, near death. I was, I was, I was near death with some bullshit illness, bronchitis, shit. Yeah, bronchitis. So what they got you on some antibiotics? Do you have access to real medicine going
1: on? Yeah, usually you have to go to the doctor, but like I just went to the pharmacy, the, the let's say the, the sneaky pharmacy. <laughs> and uh, just, just I just got me antibiotics which I know are gonna help and some codeine to stop the coughing and some inhalator spray, all that good stuff. Yeah. Do they have doctors at the pharmacies down there? No, they don't. They just have You can just go ask pharmaceutical assistance. Yeah, usually you can't get just antibiotics or codeine or whatever in the pharmacy. You have to have a prescription from a doctor, but yeah. There are some pharmacies who go not by the rules, which is pretty cool.
0: Well, that's the old school way of, of doing pharmacies. They used to mix it up. They used to, tell them your, you used to tell them your symptoms and they'd mix it up for
1: you. Yeah, no, they just sell it. They, they don't mix it up here. They just sell it. Yeah. They just say like, hey, what do you need? And I say like, oh, I need codeine. Uh, I need ciproflaxine and some... Good stuff in an inhalator. I don't even know what it's called. My girlfriend called me, uh, told me what to buy. And uh, yeah. Oh, the inhaler thing. That's pretty good. Yeah, the inhaler thing. She said it helped her in the, in, in the past, and it did, actually. All right.
0: So you've been, you've been sick, getting better, and then what's the, what's the current living situation? Give me an update on the last couple of weeks since we last talked.
1: Oh, I'm still living with her. It's amazing. I'm still living in this amazing condo. And you're still in and, love. Um, you're still getting married. We're, we're still in love. We're still getting married. You just got wedding invitations a couple of days ago. That's amazing. <laughs> Have you guys even had your first fight yet? No, we didn't. <laughs> actually, oh wait, actually, yesterday, kind of, kind of, we did, but it was, it, it was basically nothing. It's like we live in an, we live in an area where you really need a cop. Right, So mm-hmm. she has a car, she goes out to work and um, there's a bus going and everything. It's it's not a big issue, but there's no supermarket close to here. And I'm used to going to the supermarket every day because I drink lots of milk and I, do, I just don't plan ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't plan ahead like for the whole week. I can't do that. I'm not that, that kind of person. I want to know like, okay, I wake up in the morning today, I want chicken or today I want I don't know, like beef or whatever. And then I want to be able to go and get whatever I want. But here, this is kind of impossible. And um, yeah. So yesterday we were like, I was, I was saying like, Hey, I think I have to, I think I have to buy my own food. Like we cannot mix it up anymore. (laughs) And she was, she, at first she was good with it. And then she got concerned and she was all like, ah, oh, I don't know. Ah, oh, this is so bad. And yeah. It was not really a fight. Actually. It was just we were just arguing about what to do. And she has a brother who lives here as well, mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he he I, I don't want to say he's a mess because he's a nice guy, but he's like he's not doing anything. He's studying, but at the same time. Most of the time he's at home playing games or watching funny videos on YouTube and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he's, he's 23 or something. So he should focus more on, on stuff. You just described half of America. Yeah, true. <laughs> but like, I, I, I mean, come on, I expect more.
0: I expect more of people. Yeah. Is that, I mean, what is the ultimate goal? You know, some people that's their like, they want to make enough money so they can sit on the couch and play video games and not be bothered. What's
1: your ultimate goal? Nah, nah. My ultimate goal is that I want to have, that I want to make enough money to do whatever I want, but whatever I want is doing, I don't know, man, like I have, I have a few projects in my mind, like doing you know, that I'm usually a therapist mm-hmm. before I went to the war. I was a therapist, a psychotherapist and I was doing coaching and I was doing, giving trainings and classes and stuff. And obviously doing therapy and I wanted to therapy with people who really cannot afford therapy because some of them really need help and they cannot afford it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's one of my, one of my goals.
0: So if you were totally financially set and never had to worry about it, you could do anything, go anywhere, live however you
1: wanted. Yep. What is it? Oh, live wherever I wanted. Maybe on the Fijis for a while. I would travel. Mm-hmm. I would probably travel a lot, and I would have a home base, highly likely in the states because um, I love the states. Mm-hmm. I want to have a gun. I uh, know. <laughs> I actually want to have. I want to have not only one gun. I want to have like ten, ten guns. Um, so you're saying you want to move to Texas? Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean Texas has the best gun laws so far. And uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I wanna have a couple of handguns, couple they- of rifles, sniper rifle. Yeah. Oh, cool. They've got the best reputation for it anyway. They do, and they have amazing, amazing gun stores, man. And yeah. So I already have a list. <laughs> I have a list of the of my top ten guns that I want to own. And obviously. <laughs> the top ten yeah. guns. You will have to what you have to supply them. Well, out of curiosity, what are they? Oh well, I don't have to list right now here, but oh, it's okay. it's a Glock 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Glock 17, because I like both. The one is bigger, the one the other one is smaller. Um let me check really quickly. <laughs> obviously, obviously an AR-15, uh, but a really highly modified AR-15. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a sniper rifle, really nice one. Um, the Remington MSR modular sniper rifle. Mm.
0: You have to really give me the whole list one.
1: and we can put it on the website after Robin's favorite guns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. I will make a list and we're going to make a fundraiser for fundrobinsguns.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, it's cool. And uh, I think I'm going to love it that's funny um yes but i also want to travel i mean now now my mind is more free yesterday we went on oh no actually we should introduce that i finally founded my company oh
0: yeah so this is something you've been working on for a little bit i mean you were thinking about doing this even while you were
1: living out in the woods right exactly right i just I, i just didn't have the money for it yeah uh, because there's some some investments uh, that you have to make, like founding the company costs $200 alone. Yeah. And so, yeah, like we talked last time, the investor invested the money, paid my fee.
0: F- Which saved you from being extra, or, you know, from being sent back. From yeah, being deported. To Germany. Yes, exactly. So this investment wasn't just about business. It was also
1: keeping you from being kicked out of Brazil. Yeah, exactly. The investor is a friend of mine. So yeah, he's like, Hey, I want to help you, but I cannot lend money out to people anymore because there's people owing me money more than yeah, whatever. I'm not going to say the sum though, but yeah. Yeah. So he said like, put together, put together a business plan. The thing you always wanted to do anyways, put it together make it look nice. And I'm going to invest in your business uh, when it looks good. And it was looking good. So he did. That's cool. And he saved me from being deported from Brazil to Germany.
0: And you just great. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a huge investment (laughs) swooping in at the last time. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. As a friend, it's a friend that came in, which is awesome. Um, Yeah. That's really lovely. Definitely. And I mean, that's cool though. So you've got this business, you've been sending me pictures of like you standing like in a nice office behind a desk looking very pro and oh yeah oh yeah we I made mean, p- we made uh really good pictures yeah i mean it's impressive man that you have kept the positivity going from going through all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> and and you I know and i've never heard you somehow you know i've never so far heard you like not take responsibility for the decisions you've made you know Like Germany can be idiots or whatever and all that stuff, but like, you know, you did what you did and you don't regret it.
1: No, I don't. Yeah. Never. And I would do it again with the same consequences. Like, yeah. So when you're, so yesterday you
0: were telling me you went to like a, some kind of a conference or something and you're handing out cards and, and trying to build contacts. Are you like, are you bringing in your story as part of this? Like the this no I don't this good treason no, I don't. part at, of the story at, at,
1: at, a, at a certain point when I'm warmed up with context, I will mm-hmm. for sure but in the beginning I will not because in the beginning I need to build trust yeah and having somebody who's wanted for treason is not very trustworthy <laughs> in the beginning um so that's not something I can do in the beginning but it's something yeah. I will I might do with some clients later on just because the fact that I was in the war and the fact that I was a soldier and the fact that I endured such a stressful time is basically just showing like, okay, this guy has balls. It's This guy knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and has the qualities to, yeah. Endure a stressful time. Yeah. And handle whatever, whatever shit comes in his way. Yeah. I mean, but that's interesting
0: that the decision, which I think is, is valid to, but to not, you know, lead with this stuff. And, you know, I guess it's an interesting point to stay upbeat and to keep pushing forward while going through, um, the, the difficult times that you've been going through and now to have a bit of success in terms of like, at least the prospects are all in line right now. We're like, you went from living in the woods and, like in the rain you know and burying your medicines to in holes in the ground that then got stolen and then you're you know to like figuring out i still want to
1: know who the fuck did that
0: (laughs) i still want to know who the fuck
1: stole my medicine from a hole in the ground that was covered up pretty good by, by, by that time actually i think it was an animal oh you know it could have been because who Cause what person is like,
0: you know what I need is some medicine that I just dug out of a hole.
1: <laughs> That's not like a big score. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> they might have smelled something on it, like my my scent yeah. on it, and then we're just like, oh, there's something in there. Let's let's grab it out and yeah. yeah. It might be what happens. Somewhere there's like a street
0: dog with no pain for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and no infections anymore. Never. No infections. Just like the mange is gone. That yeah. dog is like sucking on noodles. Lady in the Tramp style. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, man. So, um, so you've gone through all this stuff. And I mean, now, so the prospects that you have, you got the business going, you're you've managed to start dating. While living in the woods and then in the favela yeah. in not ideal situations. And then now you're engaged with somebody that like believes in you and believes in your business idea. She
1: fully does.
0: And yep. you're having. That, that always surprises you're, me. You're having quibbles about grocery lists yeah. and logistics to like buy more steaks and milk. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. big turnaround, my friend.
1: And protein bars. Don't forget the protein bars. Oh, protein Very bars, yeah. shit. <laughs>
0: Major source yeah. of contention
1: in the relationship. Exactly. No, we were just like arguing for five minutes and then it was gone. And oh, then man. we had sex and everything was good. <laughs> that was it. Oh, man. There's no, yeah, there's no real, no real fighting going on yet. Yeah. And yeah, hey, hey when, when, when the investment money came on my bank account, the first thing we did was we bought amazing clothes, She's really good buying clothes. So I buy some nice polo shirts, some nice button shirts, some, uh, some, some pants, everything you can imagine that you need for the business context we bought. And yeah, that's what you see on the video, on the pictures. Is the, oh, okay, cool. But your your new gear, your new professional. My new gear. You will love, but somebody on Facebook actually commented, looks, <laughs> fits as much. As your battle gear.
0: (laughs) 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 That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool comment. (laughs) That's funny, man. Should we shift gears and start talking through the Instagram again? Or um, is there anything going on with the international situation and the German government? All that's the same, I assume, yeah. Nope, not at all. That's the same still. uh,
1: I still didn't get the letter from the Special Forces guys. Uh Because the guy who's supposed to do that is... um, I think he's deployed right now so he couldn't do it but yeah that's fine yeah i'll get it i'll get it over time it's not it's not a rush anymore Mm -hmm. so for now it's fine i'm just scrolling down on my instagram ah here we go great i've got us okay
0: on the doing pull-ups under the ladder i don't think we really made it past the uh the first picture
1: (laughs) no no we never did actually
0: um, we never did yeah so talk okay, about pull ups, your pull ups on the ladder yeah talk about the routine so you're you're in this camp you know uh one of the last yep. times we talked we talked about you you know what was going on behind your super smooth uh heroic instagram selfie <laughs> and having just yeah, right. crossed from northern iraq Over the border, sneaking over the river, the Tigris, and into Syria. And you're there, and like, you've never been in an active war zone before. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. So this is your first time on the ground, and it didn't happen with the German army that you were with. It happened because of this decision chain that you'd made that put you here, and now you're still like, okay, what is the first thing you do? You try and go back to a routine, or
1: how did you deal? No. So, actually... What happened was um, we were in the safe house before in Iraq for three weeks, three and a half weeks, yeah. And the routine that I had before in Germany just just, just was just gone mm-hmm. by that time, you know. So no more pull ups, no more push ups, no more fitness because there was nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. And the Kurds don't really put any emphasis on physical fitness. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. Um, at least, not the regular forces. The special forces—they're um, called Yat, Y A T. They obviously do a lot of fitness. They get trained by Navy SEALs and stuff. They're pretty good, I think. I never saw them in action, but they're pretty. They're, they're supposed to be pretty good. They have a good reputation, and they have a very good reputation. Yeah, that's true. And so, um, yeah. Then I started. At one day, I was in a camp, and I was like, dude. You have to do fitness again. You have to do exercises again. You you need to be ready for combat. And so I started to do pull-ups. Had you like lost weight after all this stuff? Yeah, I did. I did. I had, you know, in this camp, the water is really shitty. It gets stored on the rooftop in, in, a, in a metal container. Mm-hmm. And once a week or twice a week, there is a, uh, a water truck coming and filling up water Mm -hmm. the problem is that this water is exposed to i mean to the sun to the cold there's no real let's say there's a lot of germs in there right (laughs) not germ not not germans but germs right (laughs) And, uh, and it never gets cleaned yeah it never gets cleaned uh so there's a lot of germs in there a lot of bacteria and you have the shit all the time uh, I had diarrhea. I think in the in the four weeks in this camp, I had diarrhea like five times, six times. Oh man! I mean, dysentery and through the diarrhea has
0: killed <clears> more <throat> soldiers over yes. the history of humankind since there have been wars and stuff. Dysentery has killed more people than anything else, I think. Yes, you're right. And so
1: uh, I lost a lot of weight.
0: Yeah. Is this one of the water tanks behind you in that picture where
1: you're doing the pull-up? Um, yes, it is actually. Oh yeah, nice. There you go. Yes, it is. <laughs> There you go. And you can see it's rusty and it's shitty and it's all <laughs> not
0: fun. So you're losing weight out of just not being able to hold on to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, the, right. and, and the food is shit and the food is not very substantial. Mm-hmm. It's soup usually. Usually it's soup and bread, but the yeah. bread is so thin. It's this kind of Arab bread. So it's really thin mm-hmm. and it tastes like nothing. And so you have almost no meat. There's chicken, but very rarely... And then you're like 25 people at the academy and you have one chicken or two chicken for 25 people oh wow and so you can imagine you can imagine there's not a lot of protein going on yeah in your nutrition right Right, like chicken flavored water (laughs) yeah so over time i lost a lot of weight and um yeah man uh one day i I started to do pull-ups When I left Germany, I was able to do 21 pull-ups. When I started again, I was able to do, I think, four something. It's very bad. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, it was not cool. So, yeah. That's a big loss. Yeah, it is. Definitely it is.
0: So, um, yeah. So you're doing pull-ups here, you're fresh in country. At what point do you go on your first mission? Like at what point do you leave camp and engage actively?
1: Well, you leave camp as soon as you finish your training, right? Mm -hmm. And that is after four weeks. The first two weeks uh, contain mostly of um, ideology training, which means that you learn what it is about the the female rights and you have a female coming in and telling you about, okay, actually about a lot of bullshit as well. Like,
0: um, the, the training happens in Syria or in Iraq? Yeah. No, in Syria, oh, okay.
1: in the international academy of the YPG. Okay. And, um, yeah, they have a lot of, a lot of issues. I think, um, they have way too much leeway. Um, but yeah, I think out of
0: politeness, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I mean that they're a nationless, they're a nationless military force, which is kind of impressive in itself. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, the women rights, the female rights are written very big and they give women way too much leeway to produce lots of bullshit, which is then called, so the, the word in Kurdish for woman is jinn, mm-hmm. right? And there is something called genealogy, which means uh, the, 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 how can I say, the science of the woman, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, we cannot only rely on facts, no, we have to rely on feelings, so I say, like, no, that's bullshit because. Well, in what sense? If,
0: if, if, if one. Like, I feel like there might be some enemies over there. We should start shooting.
1: <sighs> yeah. For example. I mean, actually. Making, making tactical decisions based on feelings, making tactical and uh, making, making, uh, making anything, even, even science based on feelings. Sorry, but science is based on facts, not on feelings. And this is a point where I thought, okay, this is bullshit. I mean, maybe we need to cut this out, but that's my honest opinion. I mean, give us a,
0: give me an example of that. Like, what do you mean? Science based on feelings. <coughs> I feel like fire won't burn me kind of thing. Or I mean, I guess that who we're, we're, we're
1: walk on hot coals, but. Yeah, that's just like the Tony Robbins thing again. We talked about that last time, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cold walk. No, it's more like it's more like. Um, you know who invented the sniper button? What did i tell ever about the sniper the sniper button well no. an ar-15 or an m16 has a button mm-hmm. on uh, on the side and it's the it it, it basically pushes the cartridge the the, the the bullet into the chamber if it's not fully loaded right mm-hmm. if after the charging cycle the bullet is not or the, the, the round is not fully in the chamber you push the button and it's fully in the chamber right but they believe And there's no way to convince them otherwise that this button somehow magically, um, would extend the range of the bullet, Mm. like would somehow the, the bullet velocity would somehow be more than it's used to be. So the bullet would fly longer straight. And have a harder impact on the enemy when you push it like 10 times before you shoot. 10 times? Yeah, like 5 to 10 times before you shoot, you have to push that button. And... Uh, <laughs> this is a button on the side of an M16 that yeah. that pushes the next round into the chamber. That pushes the round that is already in the chamber uh-huh. f- further in the chamber in case it didn't work. Uh, in the charging cycle the first time oh okay so it's like the what's the name of that button uh the the the, the forward button wait let me check uh air 15 forward no not air 25 air 15 forward assist ah, it's the forward assist
0: yeah so it's a forward assist button that basically just makes sure that the new round is pushed fully into the barrel. Yeah. And they thought that that was... Exactly. So on the right side of every AR-15, M16, M4. Yeah. And so they're, And in training, they're telling you that this button... Yeah. ...is like the... If you push it 10 times, like in a video game, it makes you like an awesome sniper. Exactly. That's it, man. So...
1: Were they just yeah. messing with you? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is common knowledge. This is common knowledge. And some, some girls, some females um, actually did... Yeah, did invent this, and this is genealogy, and this is something where I think like, okay, this has gone too far, and some people should actually bring some common sense into that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting. Like, does that have any effect? And a the woman. There was a woman. Yeah. There was a woman coming in the camp for one day to, t- to teach us about the women's rights and, and, genealogy and what, what, what it all means. Mm-hmm. And she was German and, um, yeah, man, she was just textbook German, um, and very rigid about her opinion. And, um, whenever you have a different opinion, then it means you don't respect women's rights. When you have a different opinion than her and you tell her, it means that you don't respect her, which is very, very bad.
0: Um, interesting. So, I mean, right? <laughs> as we've discussed before, like, I mean, what is your general opinion about
1: the female side of this? It's great. I have, I have the utmost respect um, about the YPJ fighters. The, the female fighters because they do sometimes even a better job than the guys because they don't run away like some Arab guys <laughs> they run away sometimes from ISIS and um, the nice thing about the, the nice thing about about the YPJ's they have this um, I'm not going to do it now uh, they have this battle cry oh yeah this battle they call it battle cry yeah they have this battle cry and when ISIS fighters hear it they get scared because. The fact they believe that when they get killed by a woman, they do not go to paradise. Yeah, and that's great.
0: (laughs) Because then they're like, "Oh man, we got. If we get killed by this person, game like everything we're fighting for is, or you know,
1: game over. Yeah, game over.
0: Exactly. There's no no virgins in the sky. Exactly. Um, Yep. Crazy. So. (laughs) <laughs> but, so you're a, you're a fan of and respect the YPJ, the female part, but what you're saying is, is that I'm just trying to pick it apart to understand where the criticism lies, is that there yeah. was sort of like, a, like they just kind of would make stuff up and everyone was
1: like, yeah. It's a misuse of status games. Hmm. That's what it is, basically. It's a status game uh, that some of them play in order to feel better, I think. And it's not good. It shouldn't be like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's such a sensitive time with equality right now. And people get burned all the time. Like, are you, back in everyday life, were you a person that was, like, having debates with women about women's rights all the time? Or? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I'm like. I'm just trying to pick out where you land. You know what I mean? Because it's it's hard to. yeah. Yeah. No, sure. To narrow in on, like. Like, what are we actually talking about? Okay, so somebody along the way, and you're convinced it. You think it was definitely a woman. Was like, if you press this button ten times, it makes you a sniper.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's That's pretty,
0: pretty weird. Yeah, it's not. It's probably not good for military business at any point when people just start like making up. Yeah, that's true. Magic buttons. That's true. And I think, I mean, unless the confidence, I could maybe it's a placebo,
1: and they like focus more. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's true. I think last time I didn't have the chance because we were talking about the the, the women in the military, Mm -hmm. and that it's that that in some special forces units women cannot enter because of logistics or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I didn't emphasize enough that I think that women do sometimes in some roles in the military an even better job than than men do. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of stuff? Well, for example, analysis. I think the best analysts that we have are females because they see details more, uh, they have a more detailed because I mean, after all men and women, we have different brains, uh-huh. right? And, um, or the, the brain is, is the same, but the function is slightly different, right? Tony Robbins always says that pretty, pretty nicely. Um, the man is very direct, very like, uh, the hunter, I'm Mm going to do this. I'm going to hunt this animal. I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to eat it. And the girls give reports about everything they have lived through throughout the day. Right. Uh, He calls it meadow reports, I think. I mean, they're better
0: communicators. So they're able to like convey like, okay, here's all the details that happened. Yeah, exactly.
1: And because because. Back in the times when we were living in tribes, it was very important for everybody to know which berries to eat and which berries not to eat, where to find the good ones, where to find the poisoned ones. Right. Mm -hmm. So there had to be a lot of talking going on and they had to pay detail, uh, they had to pay attention to a lot of details, which men are not so good at usually, not all of them. There's always exceptions and there's always like a lot of variety going on. But in general, I would, I would say that women can pay more attention to detail, huh. right? For example, I mean, an everyday, de- an everyday, an everyday example could be, um, I come home, my girlfriend has a new haircut. I don't even see it because mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to that. Right. But when her best friend, who is, a, who is, who's a girl comes in, the first thing she says is, oh, you have a new haircut. Look so good <laughs> on you. Right. And I mean, we know those kind of situations. We know those kind of examples all mm-hmm. around the world. And that is because the brain function is a little different. And that's why I think that females are, would be pretty good in, for example, JTAC, mm. um, Joint Tactical Forward Operation or Joint Tactical air, uh, air Controller. The global strategy positions where
0: you're talking about, like the top level strategy. Yes, 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 yes. Because yeah.
1: they pay a lot
0: of attention to that stuff. Huh. That's an interesting theory. I mean, (laughs) I love the comparison of noticing haircuts. All the generals are not going to like that, (laughs) but you know, I mean, I, yeah, in terms of detail, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And especially within the communication thing, which is huge. Um, so overall what's the, the takeaway for the, the YPJ are, they're still there active, right? They're still active. They're yeah. still
1: fighting now for defending the country. Yeah. And they have to because, uh, yeah, Turkey's winning. It mm-hmm. looks like. Crazy. Turkey is. It's just, at this point, it's just a question of how deep are they going to go into Kurdish territory. Yeah. The, the Turks you're talking about and Erdogan. Yeah. 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 At this point, it's not a question about are they. Are they able to do it but it's just a question about how far are they going to go yeah because nobody's stopping them that's crazy and ypg cannot ypg cannot hold on when there's airstrikes going on and i see i see videos every day and i just think oh wow this is like this is like genocide yeah that's what's going on over there right now. It's genocide. Nothing else. And now it's not even
0: the news. I mean, I w- was just looking at it today, on the yeah, you know, November twenty second, twenty nineteen, and yeah. I did not see a lot of news about it. It's sort of like the last, yep. the last news articles that I could find were from ten days ago, and, I mean, I, they're still reporting. And maybe I I missed something. That's totally possible. But what's interesting is how the news cycle is so concerned and everybody's up in arms and then a week later it's invisible again. It's it's tragic. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, well let's get back to uh to the picture. To the picture. So you're working out this is in training camp I and mean, how far out are you? This is in training from, camp. From like actually Okay. As I'm scrolling through, yeah, I continue to see this is like good times. <laughs> I'm just going through a few photos yeah. here. This is good
1: times. I think it's like a week. I think it's like a week after I arrived in Syria. You're hanging with a dog. Where do you see the dog? I'm scrolling up a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 right. This is all, this is all good times. This is nothing, nothing special. Um, hanging out with the dog. The dog this, dog, this dog, this dog, when I came back from the front line, Mm-hmm after eight months after six months this dog was grown up because now he's a puppy and the Mm -hmm. dog was grown up and he remembered me and he was all over me he was all and i didn't i didn't even know who is that dog running to me and i thought like what the fuck and then i saw that he has these marks on the nose that you can see the black the black spots on the nose yeah and then i remembered him And I was like, oh, my God, that's my dog. Like, (laughs) I mean, I was with this dog every single day. And um, there's another picture of me and the dog where I pet the dog. And you can see he's lying there, Mm -hmm. biting my hand playfully and um i love dogs man so yeah same here that's amazing so he remembered you after six months he remembered me after six months he was grown up he was all over me he, he didn't leave my side for like i think two days oh wow and um yeah oh that's really cute yeah it was one of those videos where you know those videos on youtube when the soldier when when the soldier comes home mm-hmm. and um gets greeted by the dog yeah basically it was like that <laughs> it sounds like that. Sounds pretty amazing. But the stock still remembered me and yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. I loved it.
0: I really loved it. That's amazing. Alright, so Yeah, man. So then we're going through the pictures. We got a picture of you, like more selfies in front of the YPG flag. And then we've got you like standing out in the in the desert looking like you're you got your training gear going how long did training last? Like, can you, do you see the, the end of training on the, can
1: you tell from the pictures? I think the training lasts a week, a month. Mm-hmm. Now we have June. 7th. but the, the problem is I could not post the pictures on time. So yeah. when I post the pictures, it's usually not the date I made the picture because sometimes there was internet, sometimes there was no internet. And later on when we we're on operations, mm-hmm. um, There's no, there's no, absolutely, it can be two months later after I took the picture because the internet on the front line was really rare. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously. Yeah.
0: So what's this picture where you're, so I'm looking at a picture right now where you're in super high grass and this looks like sort of a more of an alpine super high grass kind of, uh, nature. That was me in the German army. Oh, okay. So that's back in the German army. That's back in it. You mean with me in a backpack? Uh, you got a backpack. High grass.
1: They looks like some tall pines. The trees. tree in front. The tree in front of me. Yeah, that's Germany. That's oh, okay. black forest. That's uh, that's Kalf, where I was. Yeah. Okay. Where I was in the German army. No, I was, and I have a G thirty six, my rifle. Mm-hmm. You cannot really see it, but no, yeah, I can't see the gun. Yeah, I know it's, I know it is. Yeah, I know it's a G thirty six with an EOTech scope. Or yeah. a neotic. That's cool. On top of it. It's not a scope. Yeah. It was just some memories I posted because yeah, it was nice.
0: because you're in training and getting bored and just doing stuff. I mean Exactly. Were and there any stories from training that stand out? Not really, actually.
1: Once I shut a window by accident. <laughs> 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 by Did accident. I ever tell that story? No. By accident, yeah. Okay, so let me tell the story. theres There There there, there is a picture on my hard drive, Mm -hmm. on the Google drive even. Um, I'm going to show you which one, and then we're going to put it onto the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was in the night, and there was this guy. um, He was in Polish Special Forces. He was from Poland. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he came back from the front line, and he had a bunch of guns he found, like a bunch of, Bunch of shotguns and some some handguns and stuff, and he was trying to sell some of it, right? To give it away, mm-hmm. but to take to get some money from it. And this um, is the
0: same guy who sold the the Glock that had the firing pin shaved off. Is it? Say again. You mentioned that somebody bought a Glock in Iraq and the firing pin was no 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 no, no. Mm, filed mm. off. All
1: no right. no no, not the same guy. This is just a different so guy I, I who's I want, like.
0: Selling guns to soldiers. Different guy. Different guy. Yeah. Exactly. Is that common? I so mean I came back from people coming into camp and like with a
1: truckload of guns and selling them to soldiers? No. No, 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 no. It's even forbidden actually. Okay. That's why we had to do it that's why we had to do it in the night. So he gave me he gave me the shotgun. He said, like, well, it's a hundred dollars if you wanna have it. And I was like, okay, cool, but I have to I have to try. Like I have to see if the war- if, if the gun works and everything. And obviously we couldn't shoot because yeah. Didn't work. So he had a lot of shells for the gun, mm-hmm. for the shotgun. So, um, the, the repetition cycle wouldn't work. It would not charge rounds in the chamber. Okay. So what it This we is like a pump also- shotgun or is it an automatic? Yep, exactly. No, it's an automatic one. It is an automatic. But it didn't cycle. Oh, okay. It's an automatic, but it didn't cycle. Gotcha. And the problem was, so now we try to fix it, right? And we tried to fix it for two hours. It was in the night. We were both tired. So whenever I put, I put one in the, in the, in the. I I put one round down, charged it in the in the chamber, ejected it, and hold it out of the window and press the trigger. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing again. Same thing again. Same thing again. Put oil here. Bend some some metal here. Bend some metal here. Put some oil there. Try again eject the shell shoot out of the window, but not really because just pressing the trigger Mm -hmm. at some point, the shell didn't eject and I, and I didn't realize it. And it was so late and it was, it was a fucking terrible mistake. And I pulled the shotgun out of the window. press the trigger and all of a sudden makes boom. Oh man. And everybody, and everybody. Are you in a room with a bunch of people? Yeah, man. And there's like five people in the room, five people is in the room looking at me, looking at everything and everything's full of dust. The glass is shattered. The curtain, the curtain has a hole in it. Oh man. (laughs) Fucking yeah. So then you're like the the most popular guy
0: in camp at this point.
1: (laughs) oh oh yeah holy shit and then all of a sudden everybody comes and obviously the commander comes and like before the commander comes before the commander of the camp comes like three guys in the room saying like i was not in this room when this happened (laughs) (laughs) They just left (laughs) oh my god yeah it was quite funny the commander came was huge 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 theater Um, we, we tried to explain what happened. So you got reamed out for this or what? No, everything was fine. Everything was fine. Actually, I didn't get punished for it. The guy who tried to sell me the shotgun got punished for it. Yeah. And is that just because, I mean, if you, if you were not
0: a foreign fighter, you would have been in serious trouble. No, not even then.
1: Oh, really? It was his responsibility to not give me the gun because I was in the beginning of my training. Not, 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 not like blah, 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 blah. blah. I know how to handle a shotgun. Yeah. But now, obviously, I feel like I don't because I made this mistake. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really strange. But it was okay. In the, in, in the end, there was no but trouble. But there was, like,
0: zero consequence from this. It was basically, There was some yelling yeah, exactly. from the commander, and the guy got yelled at. And then, what was he back the next and day selling it, yeah. different shotguns? Or the same shotgun? Exactly. Basically, yes. Basically, yes. <laughs> there was no consequence at all. Oh, man. So... All right, so training is this kind of lull. You've already trained before. You're you're doing sniper practice, doing some um, like camo practice and strategy. Are are you learning about communications with YPG? Like, did they? No, no. How complex
1: is their communications network? Uh, We didn't learn anything. We learned language. We learned language for two weeks, and that's it. We didn't learn radio communication because we didn't need and nothing. Gotcha. And I mean, so you guys weren't even really
0: communicating there were no like standard operating procedures for nope. communicating over nope. the radio nope. and there using are, Kurdish th- language. There are
1: none. Hmm. There are none. Oh interesting. Nothing. And as a foreign fighter, you're not supposed to have a radio okay. because they don't expect you to speak Kurdish good enough. Yeah. To even um to
0: even communicate over the radio. They don't want a bunch of They don't want a bunch of bad Kurdish speakers just clouding up the, (laughs) jamming up the frequencies. Yeah, man. (laughs) True. Um, True. 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 All right. So training ends. You know how soon is it before you go on an active like a mission? Um. I think we got sent. Yeah. Like, how did the assignment Uh, process work? You
1: know, did they place you with some people or? I get you. I get you. I get you. So when you get you get basically shipped out after you're training to Ainisa. Ainisa is a is a um, is the command outpost, mm-hmm. and we slept there for I think two nights. Mm-hmm. It's the place where you get your guns. It's the place where you get your assignments. And a very high up commander came, and I'm not going to say the name now. I know the name. Mm-hmm. He's the leader of the of the SCF forces. Mm-hmm. And the problem the problem with those people is that they don't wear any rank patches, mm-hmm. right? So in in, in in YPG, there's no real, there's ranks, but you don't know because there's no, <laughs> there's no patch. There's no, no insignia. Is that better or worse? I mean, does everybody treat
0: each other better or they just don't treat the top level officials with enough respect? No, they do.
1: They do. Because all of a sudden there's bodyguards in the room. Yeah. Checking out everything, uh, saying like, okay, please put your weapons on the ground. Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. And in the end, it's like, okay, what ha- what the hell is happening? And then this funny guy walks in and he was really friendly, really funny, making jokes with everybody, looking at me like, oh, you're the sniper. And I'm like, <laughs> how, the hell, how the hell did you know? And obviously they check out everybody. They check out like their... Ins- your, your- did he speak English? Yes, he did. And they obviously check out your Instagram profiles and stuff. And it's really funny. Oh, that's it's interesting. really cool. And he knew... That I was a sniper. So he gave me the sniper rifle Mm -hmm. and um, was saying, okay, who here has military experience? And so a few people rose their hand and was like, okay, you guys are team commanders now. And who here has no military experience? You go to the people who have military experience. So I ended up with one guy who had military experience Mm -hmm. and two guys who didn't. Oh, wow. And that was my, that was my first team crazy. And that was my first assault team. And so basically
0: it's, I mean, it sounds like a pretty informal process of
1: team building. It is, it is. And he told us mm, that in that night, they will breach the inner wall of Raqqa. Hmm. And that we we are supposed to be in Raqqa in the next two days to support the operation, all of us. Gotcha. So advanced forces are already breaching Raqqa, kind of as
0: this is happening. So you're getting there. Exactly. You're joining in basically at the moment when they're getting into the walled part of the city in Raqqa. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Yes, that's right. But it didn't happen like that. Okay. Because what actually happened was the day after we left. And we got, my group got shipped, not shipped, but like by a car Mm -hmm. into this big house and the big house had a commander. We had a letter. Every of us had a letter and, um, this letter was supposed to be written by the, uh, to be read by the commander. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we gave those letters to the next guy who was the assistant of the commander. Right. Mm And then for two days, nothing happened. Nothing happened except U.S. Special Forces arrived Hmm. at the same spot we were. And at first they were outside and were holding position outside of our building. And then they they left again. And I didn't have time to talk to them, nothing. Mm -hmm. But then the next day they came back. And we got told to put our weapons down, not not by the Americans even, but by the Kurdish people. Mm-hmm. They said, don't walk around with your guns anymore uh, and be out of the way as much as you can. While the Americans are around. So, yeah. yeah and I was like, "That makes sense." Fuck? Yeah, it doesn't actually. I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense at all. And um, so when they came, they were extremely friendly there was a guy sitting on a truck was like hey guys what's up and i was like hey what's up you're good and we started talking Mm -hmm. and i asked him like dude they told us not to not to carry our guns around but that's actually a stupid idea because we're in a war zone yeah and 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 zach his name was zach said well obviously you have to carry your guns where's your gun get your gun man (laughs) what the hell And he was like, don't listen to them. We appreciate when you have, we appreciate when you have your guns. So when shit hits the fan, then we're not the only ones doing something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know makes sense. Right. (laughs) So yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And most of the vehicles parked outside. And, um, so it was nighttime and I was walking around and I started to make some, make some friends. Right. I was actually hunting for MREs. I was hunting for some food, some good food. Oh, yeah. MREs are military, military rations, right? Yeah. And they're pretty good when you only eat Kurdish food for a long time. Meals ready to eat. Yeah. Meals ready to eat. Yes. Um,
0: You're eating chicken flavored water and just praying for a, yeah whatever the tacos in a bag are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and,
1: and, I, and, and I got some. I got some. And it was delicious, man. It was so good. (laughs) And um, What was the first one you got? The first one I got was uh, something to heat up. It was for the winter, actually. It was something to heat up. And I think it was some some kind of chicken stew. And it was so good. It was so delicious, man. Oh, my God. It was good. (laughs) And the guy gave it to me. His name was Dan. And Dan was a combat medic. And I think, Mm. I'm not sure, I think it was a ranger. And because with these guys, you never know. Yeah. Right. With these guys, you never know. Are they rangers? Are they green berets? Are they Delta force, whatever? And so, yeah, I think it was, I think he was, I think he was a ranger or a green beret and, uh, we became pretty good friends over the next, over the next days. Mm-hmm. And, um, still, I was wondering why we didn't leave. Why didn't we leave to Raqqa? So at one point, um, I interrupted a meeting with the commander, with the Kurdish commander and said Mm. like, Hey, what's going on? We're supposed to be in Raqqa. We're supposed to be on our way. And the translator translated and he looked at me really grumpy, like said something in Kurdish, like very aggressive. Mm. And all of us, all of a sudden we found ourselves on the back of a truck. Heading to Raqqa, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you actually want to go?" So, mm-hmm. wow. Um, so sometimes it helps to to press a little bit, to, be to a, make a little bit to be to be annoying. Yeah, that's interesting. So to be a pain in the ass. So you are on that a helps. truck in
0: Raqqa, and this is your first time in to a live fire okay. zone.
1: Mm, at first, we arrived at a command outpost. It was like, I would say, five hundred meters away from the actual front line, maybe seven hundred meters. Okay, and um, I can find the building on Google on Google Maps. I'm going to try to do that. Um, I can try to find that building because I know the roads. I know the bridge, the destroyed bridge. I just need to go to satellite view. Because yes, here we go. So um, and. So yeah, we were there. It was nice. They had, they had like I think ten watermelons, and watermelon is my favorite fruit. <laughs> so I was, so I was quite happy. Yeah, I remember right. you were eating it last I time when. <laughs> when oh we were yeah, running. right, right. I did. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, the Bidic River, a Balik River, was the river we were always we always needed to pass, mm-hmm. right? And I think. It was. Let me see. No, this was the special forces base. And when this was the special forces base, then oh, interesting. It's not on the map. Our home is not on the map. Hmm. Where's the mosque? Ah, no, no, no. It is. It is. It is. Here's the mosque, and this is the building we were in. Are you coming in from the south? Um, Yes, we do. I send you the. I send you the coordinates right now. let me check. Can Send it to me via s- WhatsApp, if
0: you don't mind. And then I can. Yes, I will. I, I will. Can, I can copy So on my this computer. was
1: our first sure thing, man, sure thing. So that was and people are going to see that was the command outpost and we were living here where all the trees are. And so now the thing was that there was a bunch of Arab guys and we got our own room but the room was not lockable. So we always went, so we always had to leave all our stuff in there. Mm. And some of the stuff got stolen over time. Like I had a very nice knife. I had very nice gloves. Everything got stolen over yeah. time. And um, yeah, obviously there was nobody responsible for it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it was fine. So I mean, stolen funny funny enough, by just other, arrived,
0: other soldiers. I mean, we're talking about people who are, you know, not living in the best conditions no, which, anyway. I mean, I, I think that stuff's been yeah, going on forever. Exactly. That sucks yeah. to have your shit
1: stolen. Yeah, but but still, but still, I yeah. mean, yeah, true. You're soldiers. You're not supposed to steal from other soldiers. It's yeah. not cool. But it happens. It happens, I think, in every military. I mean, did and you encounter um,
0: any of the, the local guys or YPG or SDF? Was there any, like bad feelings toward the foreigners that were there
1: or like toward you as a foreigner. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. Okay. Our first commander didn't like us. He was like, okay, you live there now, take care
0: of yourselves." And then he tells some other guys, like, if you steal some of their shit, I'm not going to mind. I don't know if he did
1: yeah. actually, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he didn't. I just mean I know, like,
0: you know, if the commander's like, yeah. whatever, these guys suck, then he, there's not going to be a lot, you know, that, that sentiment travels pretty fast and people are like, oh, okay, cool. That
1: guy's got some sweet gloves yeah, I know that what you I mean. think would look better on me. Yeah, true. I know what you mean. Um, the thing was when we arrived, he didn't give us any task to do. He just said, you live there, here's food mm-hmm. and that's it. And we saw people going on operations every single day, every day, people left, people came back, people left, people came back. This went on for four days. Hmm. And we were waiting, and we wanted to go on operations, and so we had really to fight to force. I had to go there. I had to talk to the commander. I had to say, "Look, we want to go on the fucking front line. Let us go on the front line." Mm-hmm. And then he realized, like, "Oh, okay, these foreigners are not like other foreigners." Blah blah blah. And um, so yeah, he let us go on the front line, and so we went on our first mission. With how much instruction or did you have guides coming with you that spoke zero language and zero, we had a commander and he was speaking a little bit of English. Mm -hmm. Uh, his name, his name was Agit. Yeah. And he spoke a little bit of English, but not very much. Uh, it was enough to give us instructions. though. yeah. So the first time we actually got out was they told us, grab your gear. You're going to be out for two days and so we grabbed all our gear all our weapons all the ammunition we had everything and went to this um to this building it had like i think one two three four stories and yeah we were on the top on the rooftop okay and usually the troops are not on the rooftop the commanders are on the rooftop but since we were foreigners, we were on the rooftop as well with all the commanders oh, interesting. and, and, and this was the first time when I felt welcome because they were joking with us. Um, um the, co- the, the main commander of the frontline of this, of this complete frontline, um, was named, his name was Bruce and he was so friendly with me from the beginning and, um, he was very happy. We were there and everything was nice. Everything was cool. And so, yeah. So this rooftop
0: is like a forward... uh, Yes, a forward position. A forward position. And the commanders are up there kind of figuring out what to do. Exactly. But it's not
1: not the actual front line. And did they speak English at all, or they're just like... They're just like, oh look. No, one of them spoke, one of them spoke English a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Agit spoke English a little bit. Yeah. Um, Our, our team, our team commander, I was team leader. He was the team commander. Mm -hmm. And, so, he was the only one speaking a little bit of English. The rest didn't speak English at all. Yeah. And, um, since we had, we didn't have access to internet, I could not even use my translator on the phone, which was quite bad because I would have loved to talk to those guys. yeah And, but, But we made contact somehow with hands and feet and and, and gestures (laughs) and stuff. And it was fun. It it was funny. It was cool.
0: That's the insane part to me is not being able to communicate in a live fire frontline situation. And (laughs) I mean, and you're relying on somebody who like can speak enough English to be like, hey, look out. I mean, just getting to this forward position in this rooftop. I mean, I'm assuming this has all been cleared of IEDs and stuff, but. Are yes, 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 it is, it is. So you basically just pull but up still, in a truck
1: to this building and then you're like, all right, let's go upstairs and check it out. Yep. Okay. Basically, we were led upstairs yep. and they said, well, sometimes they come, there come drones. When there's a drone coming, you need to hide because drones drop grenades or the drones explode, explode themselves. Well, wow. So, yeah, these are these. And, I've, I've seen a little
0: bit about this. Explain Explain these yep. drones. These are just like commercial drones, like a,
1: like a DJI drone. It's, it's it's a dji it's usually a dji phantom mm-hmm. and um they have a camera and they have some i don't know how they do this mechanism to drop the grenade yeah but they have it and they can drop grenades. so this is like an 800 hundred dollar drone or
0: like a five thousand thousand dollar drone that these guys are buying isis guys are buying exactly and they're they've somehow rigged them to drop bombs yes exactly or grenades or
1: even worse they are the bombs (laughs) like they put a lot of explosives on top of the on top and on the bottom of the because they have two handles you know Mm -hmm. those those uh, drones have two handles yeah so you can rig a lot of explosives on them and uh, sometimes they do and sometimes they just fly to fly very low to the command post and 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 blow it up that's crazy people die yeah that's crazy it never happened we saw we saw lots of drones yeah. doing reconnaissance and one time one drone exploded in the air. Mm-hmm. But and we had and we were running a couple of times. There's one document the documentary of RT where you see us running from a drone, but nothing actually bad with a drone ever happened. Yeah. Right? So not with us at least. Yeah. But you and heard of the, um, drones dropping actual yeah, live ordinances I'm yes kidding. we did we did so exactly and that was pretty crazy because you had to watch out and people tried to shoot those drones but they didn't realize that when you shoot up you don't have a bullet drop like when you shoot straight because the gravity is not is not that much right mm-hmm. i mean the bullet drop is different when you shoot straight than when you shoot up correct yeah when you shoot when you shoot in front of you, when you shoot straight, the bullet drop on 100 meters is, I don't know, like, let's say, let's say the bullet drop is 10 centimeters. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you shoot at a drone, that's right above you, 100 meters right above you, you have absolutely no bullet drop. Yeah. Because there's no way there's the, 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 the bullet does not travel. Uh, and gets dragged by the, by the gravity yeah so you have to meters, shoot like way only low of it exactly yeah. way lower than you usually would yeah. exactly and people wouldn't understand that so i was the only one who ever shot a drawdown because i understood the principle oh you actually and everybody got one. else just was shooting i got one once but it, it i don't know where it landed we tried to capture it but mm-hmm. ah man we couldn't get it and we didn't find it and it was just crap. Yeah. Well, and then capturing yeah. it
0: would be a whole thing too because if it's rigged with explosives. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I mean,
1: I mean, we could have we could have uh, we could have uh, just called Yeah. Yeah, or we could have just called the I, the EOD guys from the from the special forces because they told us if we can get one of those drones, that's jackpot. Oh, interesting. And because because obviously they can see the serial number, they can see who bought it. They can see who where it was, where it was started from. Um, they can see a lot of things. They can retrieve a lot of information from these chips in the drone. And wow. yeah. Yeah. Track it all oh, the way back to where one. it was sold. And then exactly Who's, who, who bought it, Yeah, who activated it, all that kinds of stuff. Very valuable information, but we could never get this. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, man.
0: So that was the first, your first day on the front line? That was the first
1: day. Yeah. Yes. And then, then the night came. In the same building. And it got in the same building. And then the night came, it got, it got a little darker. And all of a sudden, a lot of people, like 200, 300 people, started to gather around this building and the streets around the building. Like what kind of people? And... Well, YPG fighters, okay, and SCF fighters, a lot of them, uh, because an operation was going on, and so we were like, "Oh my god, it's happening!" Now we're gonna go. So we were we, we were going downstairs, preparing like with our with our uh, with our rigs, with our guns, with our equipment, everything, everything in place, but we were lost because we had no idea where to go, who to go with, and all of that, and it. took us a while to figure out uh that we were supposed to go with this one commander Mm -hmm. and so i mean did you feel like you guys were kind of an
0: afterthought for them like oh yeah we got to tell this this is your four-man team that was put together this is the first assigned team that you had there this is yes exactly the 223 this is not a 223 sniper team okay and so as all these 300 people are out there these guys are all adrenaline starting to flow yeah
1: Everybody's like dancing. Everybody's like,
0: woo, let's do this.
1: (laughs) Everybody's like freaking out. And we're in the middle of all of this, trying to figure out where to go and who to follow (laughs) and all of that. And you have no assigned translator
0: and you have no reception on your phone to Google translate. So you're just like tapping shoulders to see who speaks English.
1: Yeah, we tried, We we tried like just to figure out like, what are we gonna do now? And then the rescue came, our commander came and said like, okay, you're with us, you're with me. Hmm. And he, he put us on the back on the truck and he said, you wait until it's dark and it got dark, really, really dark. And we started to, he started the engine and I felt my, my heart beating because I knew now it's going to go on the front line and we had this drive where he was going, he he said, keep your head low, they're snipers. Because now we drive into ISIS
0: territory. And what kind of a truck are you in? You're in the back of like a pickup or something? It's just, it's just
1: a pickup truck. And he turned. he he shut off the lights so they couldn't shoot, shoot at us with RPGs or any other kind of, any other kind of, uh, of guns, Mm -hmm. of weapons. And, um, it was a wild ride. And then we arrived. Yeah, what are you driving through? Yeah, we had no idea. We had absolutely no idea where we we're driving to. And we arrived at a point and there were other soldiers and they were waiting. And we were dropped off. And the commander said, Wait here. Yeah. What were the roads like that you had to drive through? Are you There was no roads. It was like it was like somewhere in the middle of the desert. okay. So you're still out in the desert driving. Yes. Yes. There are no roads, not really. In the middle of the night with
0: no headlights on. Yes. And does this commander who's driving you, does he speak English? Yeah, a little bit, but
1: the, the, the commander didn't drive the car. He said, wait, wherever you get dropped off. Oh, gotcha. So we got dropped, we get dropped off. We hear shooting pretty close. And he said, wait there until I arrive and the rest of the team arrives so we are there crouching somewhere with our guns looking left looking right you can see nothing not even the hand in front of your face because it's so dark and you hear explosions in the in the in the very very close vicinity you hear gunfire you hear so many shit wow and um yeah but you see nothing that's where the podcast ends you see nothing. And this is where the podcast ends and this is where the next podcast is going to start. The first mission where I shot my first sniper. Yeah. The first enemy sniper.
0: First mission, first <laughs> kill is ne- next episode. Exactly. All right. So on the next episode we're going to hear about this is your your first live fire engagement of your life. Yep. Yes. Wow. That's a good cliffhanger, I think. It is. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us through another episode of Good Treason. Check us out on goodtreason.com, Facebook page, Reddit, all that good stuff. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Good Treason. This is Scott Meyer for Springline Media.